Hello and welcome back to the Scooter Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me, we got Jameson Maxwell. And Jameson, where's the news? We have no news. We've been sitting on this podcast for, I, I don't know, we were supposed to go on Tuesday. We were supposed to go whatever. We wanted Dart. We wanted Caleb. We wanted someone to just say something so we'd have something to talk about. So now we're here talking about some speculation and some news that's probably going to drop like tomorrow uh, because these people, like we've said, have no regard for the podcasters in the world. And I don't appreciate it. Yeah, we said it last week and we're like, okay, we'll just wait to record till Caleb drops and then he doesn't drop. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Obviously, we're reading the tea leaves here. He's going to commit to USC. Um, But then we keep on waiting. And here we are again next week recording on a Thursday. I know we usually give it to y'all earlier in the week, but now we just look like a bunch of dinguses just waiting around for nothing. But there's plenty of things that happen. So luckily, even though it's the offseason, Bobby got a lot to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, really no offseason in college football, all things considered. Um, but let's just get it started with a little bit of news, a little, little bit of cleanup. Uh, the staff has been rounded out a little bit. Uh, a couple analysts to talk about. Um, the biggest one, quite literally, uh, Phil Lodeholt, uh returning to Norman. Uh, offensive line uh, stud from the NFL, played a couple years with the uh, Minnesota Vikings, uh, most notably. And um, Jameson, what does let's we'll just start with it. What does uh, Phil Lodeholt do for this uh, staff? Uh, honestly, it's just another guy. We said it coming like the, this transition from Brent Venables. I mean, from uh, Lincoln Riley to Brent Venables is this OU uh, Board of Regents is realizing that they need to put a lot more money in terms of you know coaching staff like beyond just the basic position groups. We're getting a lot of analysts. Look at the SEC schools. We see it very heavily in Alabama. And you saw it when they hired Mike Stoops. They have analysts all over the place. And we're trying to hook into that. And we're trying to get some young guys that can like appeal to the recruits. Because uh, in all honesty, a guy who played in the league, you know, blocked for a Heisman Trophy winner, and has a pretty good attitude and, you know, backstory and is relatable, will be really big recruiting these offensive linemen, these big guys um, that we're going to be trying to get moving into the SEC. Yeah, and, you know, the whole analyst game was something that a lot of, a lot of you know, really in-the-know people and, you know, fans of the program had complained about because, you know, that was one of the biggest things that was propelling in Alabama for, you know, uh, we, we, we've made jokes about the Nick Saban school for uh, head coaches who can't coach good, but that is such mm-hmm. a huge aspect of a coaching room, even though they can't directly coach, you know, on the field and all that um, the ability to, you know, take another look at things through an experienced perspective. Now he's not quite doing that yet. I, I'm sure they'll get there someday. Maybe. Um, I kind of like the idea of, you know, creating a bit of a pipeline. And I, I don't think – I, I hadn't seen anyone talk about this yet, but I wonder, uh, you know, just kind of wondering out loud if it if it's like a sign to be like, hey, if you do well and, you know, stay at OU, there's an opportunity for you to come back. You're always welcome here. Uh, you can always come back, do some analysts, some coaching work, and you can do well in advance. Um, I, I think keeping it in the OU family, that strategy – has been uh, sort of beneficial, I would say. Um, and, you know, on a macro level, obviously, uh, you know, bringing in DeMarco Murray as a running backs coach has paid off dividends. So I, I think we're seeing that across the board 
bringing in an OU flavor and bringing guys back home has uh, been pretty good. Yeah, and we saw it um, with, you know, Will Johnson was, you know, with the D-backs, and um, he was doing pretty well, and I think he's going off to um, USC to join their staff. Um, but we brought him back. And then also, you know, Ty Darlington, we we're talking a little bit um, before the pod, um, looking like he's starting to make moves up with his move to Florida. Um, so, you know, it's a sucks losing him, you know, as a quarterback's coach and whatnot, um, kind of a fake quarterback's coach, but, you know, a good figure on this offense and on this team. But you see guys moving up and using OU as their alumni status as a stepping stone to the coaching world. And, you know, sometimes you have to leave and go off somewhere, uh, you know, to get better. You know, you, you staying put, you know, you can only move up so so many, you know, rungs uh, mm-hmm. at a certain time. And, you know, if he wasn't going to get that, you know, upward mobility, you know, under the levy offense and it was time to go, it was time to go. Um, and, you know, being with Napier, that's a good staff. That's going to help him and do him well. And, you know. What, one, one can hope that one day, you know, you see Darlington come back. Because I was very impressed with how he coordinated the passing game, uh, the Alamo Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. Good luck to, so, yeah, good luck, good luck to Ty Darlington there for sure. But, uh-huh. and, uh, I mean, we got we got some other names, Bobby. Um, We can just kind of go through some of our additions. Just, we'll just run through because obviously not all of them have talking points. But um, got another person on a strength um, conditioning program in James Dobson coming over from Nebraska, an ex-Bo Pelini guy. And whenever I hear Bo Pelini, I get excited. Do you get excited when you hear Bo Pelini? I, I think about grit when I think about when I think about Bo Pelini, honestly. Uh, I I mean, if I'm, look, as long as he, he's just working like the strength and conditioning, I could see it being a plus. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to think about him any as anything other than strength and conditioning because then I start thinking of uh, two le- – uh, Two numbers, eight and four, and uh, yep. that's not where I want OU to cap out. So uh, hopefully, hopefully that's where it stops. Yeah, I think of two things whenever I hear um, Bo Pliny. First of all, I think of the little Youngstown State Penguin mascot just because of all of it. But but secondly, um, I think about like I feel like the fake Bo Pelini, uh account on like Facebook and Twitter was one of like the first like parody accounts like in sports. Bo, it was like Bo really Pelini. popular. Yes, and it was absolutely hilarious. And it was. It was to the point where it was tricking so many people thinking that I was him because people didn't understand what par- parody accounts were. And it was honestly hilarious ahead of do its you remember time. When, do you remember when Bo Pelini uh, – so the profile picture of Bo Pelini – it was Bo Pelini holding a cat. And then a couple of years <laughs> later, they actually got Bo Pelini at the, at the uh, Nebraska spring game. He came out with the cat. Like he just came out holding the cat, lifted it up like Simba. It was, it was perfect. I honestly kind of loved Bo Pelini. Uh, who people forget coached at OU in the uh, early 2000s. Exactly, exactly. So more people that we added, talking about analysts, uh, LaDamian Washington also um, added on, and he'll also be coaching receivers um, on the side, um, assisting uh, because we've kind of got an opening at that receiver position, even though Kel Gundy's taking over a lot of those um, responsibilities. And then the recruiting department, we got a couple of big ads, it seems, you know, in terms of clout. A guy who's been talking all over Twitter, and I mean, I'm sure you've seen it if you're at all on OU Twitter, is J.R. Sandlin. It seems like he's really pushing, you know, just public, um, you know, perceivability of how OU is and trying to up their brand. And it looks like, I mean, he's almost pushing another emoji for commits. So, you know, something that's, you know, almost be, might be an open wound for OU fans, you know, with the eyeballs. Looks like we're moving over to the lock. Like, 
am I okay with this? Are you okay with this? I'm kind of like nervous about kind of piggybacking on something that Lincoln really made big. Well, I mean, as we know, other people have had emojis in the past, you know, shout out to Texas and their, uh, what, what what did Texas do again? It was the this thing. Was it this emoji? Yes. It was yes, something it was. dumb. So to be fair, it existed at OU. Technically, it started here. But all, we, we get that it's a Lincoln thing. So it's okay to do same but different. Uh, but, yeah. You know, if you look I think at, it's big for at, the fans. Oh, yeah. It, it's a big rallying cry. And I, I, if we did eyes again, that would be obviously not a no-go. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But doing the lock, doing something different, I think that's really smart. Um, but looking at Samlin, you know, the guy, I, I feel like if you look at it and see, oh, he was at Jacksonville State, like what the, the hell? But if you actually del- like delve deeper into his resume, you know, uh, he spent time at Notre Dame, spent time at Tennessee, and most importantly, spent time at Alabama uh, from 2010 to 2013. Those are prime saving years. Those are the years that built that Alabama team uh, that really went took them from, you know, really good SEC team, won a national championship into the machine that we saw them, that we've seen them uh, become today. So, you know, Sandlin has a resume. He has worked under the best. He is, he, he has that sort of, you know, kind of mentality and, you know, bringing a guy like him in, it's, it's massive. So I, I, mm-hmm. I think, I think he could make a big impact. Yeah. And you kind of see what OU is doing here. Um, bringing on guys like Thad Turnipseed, another guy who's had Alabama experience along with Clemson. Um, we're trying to kind of, you know, put ourselves into that conversation right now uh, by taking those guys from big programs in these management roles um, to try to get us to act like, you know, a big time SEC um, team in our transition, whenever that will ever come. Um, who knows? But still, it's it's the steps in getting there. And obviously, during a huge transition period where there's plenty of openings um, and a huge culture change right now, I think it is a positive move for sure. Absolutely. Speaking of Fab Turnipseed, did you see my guy moving boxes the other day? Yeah, that was big. See, here's this is another thing. We're trying to beat the good guy, and I think this is extremely smart, whoever's idea this is, because they're trying to like repair this broken fan base right now into making us think that we are the good guys and we do everything the right way. And, you know, Lincoln is evil and he does everything the wrong way. And it's absolutely, you know a complete ploy to make Lincoln look worse. And whenever the players come out on Twitter and they're tweeting like, like, Oh, my coach never even came to my dorm room. I think that was Periani said that like, like this is big, not as much for recruiting, not as much for, you know, the players needing an extra hand, moving their things. And the, the players will be able to find someone to move them in. I know that they have services to do that, but it's all a photo op and it's huge for the fans. And it makes us feel better about ourselves. I, I mean, for sure. I, I will have to ask, is it too clumsy? Mm. Are we getting too clumsy? I, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, you know, um, it, it's really, I'm nervous. I already told you that I'm very, I was very nervous about the too clumsy with the transfer portal, but the way we've been recruiting the transfer portal recently, I don't think so. So I, I think that we're just, we're just good people, we're just good people, Bobby. And Bobby, you're just way better than anyone who just goes out West. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, per- <laughs> Out west, yeah, no, that, that see, I'm not a big uh, uh TBOW guy, Mm-mm. I think the best move is just to move on and ignore him. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree, it's just different here, you know. I, I, I I'm okay with do, adding a little, a sprinkle, a little old Clemson, uh, into, into the pot, but you know, yeah, you gotta, yeah, you, I, I feel like they're still 
maintaining that this is Oklahoma and this is OU and just kind of, uh, you know, repivoting, repivoting, like uh, uh, commenters on uh, YouTube saying, I'd be sooner here to stake into the ground to start a new era. And I I love it. Um, It's just just about building like that true family atmosphere that Lincoln actually recruited uh, under, but actually making it about family and not Lambos in the end zone. And I mean, I can keep the Lambos in the end zone, but, you know, also have your coaches, you know, carry your boxes in. It, It shows that it means something, you know, not not to use the term I always use, but it just means more. Um, mm, I, I don't just, care. I, I would be, I, I'd be happy if we put the Rolls Royce and the Lambos back in the end zone again. I thought that was pretty badass and making the Wagyu steaks. Um, I ain't no problem with that, but, but being people that actually care and go the extra mile for your, for your um, players, um, even though we perceive Lincoln at this players coach, it comes out more and more. You know, was he truly that much of a player's coach? There's a lot of players that seem like they didn't have the best relationship with him. And um, maybe the player's coach kind of thing was maybe he just wasn't a hard, you know, disciplinary coach versus a guy that everyone likes. Um, You can't be a coach, you know, and not be disciplinary and have people that don't like you on this team. There's no middle ground there. You've got to be a hard ass and really hard and have a couple of nice other guys on your coaching staff to make sure that the players don't feel like they're hopeless. But if you are not disciplinary and some players don't like you, that is not a good combination. So I don't know how much of this is, you know, recency bias and, you know, people just showing their true cards now that the, you know, the colors are out and we usually don't get that much information to begin with during the season. Cause so many things are under wraps. But still, kind of an interesting little insight into what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah, and you know, you kind of think of it as like, um, you know, for example, like substitute teachers. Yeah, you could be nice, you know, give candy to your students, let them do whatever they want, run around. They're not going to get good grades. They're not going to, you know, actually do well on you know standardized tests and stuff because they didn't learn anything. You have to have that constructive criticism. And, you know, uh, that's something that Venables was so big about coming on is he's like, you're going to you're we're going to go through tough times. But, you know, I, I love you. And it, it, this is how you get better. And I, I feel like the response, um, the response to the uh, first couple Schmidt workouts from, you know, OU players tweeted out like, this is good. This is you know tough. You know, I think that, for example, is a good sign that the culture is changing, that this will not be easy um, because. You know, if you want to win, you don't cancel practice on Monday before a game. I don't care if it's Kansas. Uh, It's about keeping those habits, keeping it tough, that sort of thing. So, Yeah, for sure. Um, One last person that we got addition um, to the recruiting staff, and that is another recruiting person in Lee Davis coming over from Florida. Um, Just adding on to the recruiting staff, but it looks like there's not, she's not going to be like some head Annie Hansen role. Um, but it seems like we're creating a strong staff around this recruiting department and kind of having a collective effort with a bunch of different people, you know, Lee Davis and um, J.R. Sandlin, um, rather than just one head person. Um, overall, good things. Um, really, they have a lot to prove, obviously, because um, I feel like for what OU was, um, I understand that OU is a good competitive program, but being in the Big 12, I feel like overall we've done pretty darn well when it comes down to recruiting players that were out of our league and going the extra mile. Um, So um, I'm very curious to see how these recruiting events coming up 
um, will be, um, how special will they be? Will they be customized? Um, stuff like that. And I'm sure they will, but I'm, I'm really curious to hear these, um, intricate details. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's going to be interesting because, you know, I, I, we've had a very unique cycle of what it is, you know, you know, champ, you barbecues this, you know, you know how things operate and it's going to be interesting to see recruiting wise, you know, how that all, how, how that changes, how the process, you know, just kind of evolves. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm excited, you know, and it, it goes right back into what we've been talking about with the setup of the staff, uh, the setup of, you know, really this infrastructure that, that is, is planned here is building an sec Clemson, you know, Alabama style program. And uh, that's definitely for the best, you know, top class across the board and, you know, more importantly, uh, bringing in the type of athlete that, you know, can compete and win college football playoffs. So folks, we are on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL is celebrating with a huge odd boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. So you can bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if that team wins. Now, of course, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, like Oklahoma, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round because everybody can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, that's TPPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So let's move on. Let's hit the transfers a little bit later for people in the chat. We After we talk about the transfers, we'll hit Dart and Trig. We're going to go down the Caleb Williams and all of the transfers, um, you know, kind of rabbit hole. There's a lot to talk about there. A lot of drama. But let's just hit about the guys that we can't we already got um, and committed already. You know, let's talk about Jeffrey Johnson, um, defensive lineman out of Tulane, a guy that showed his, you know, he's he belongs as a power five defensive lineman um, whenever he played us early in Norman. Do you remember seeing him in that game? He made a couple of pretty good tackles and kind of blew up our offensive line a lot. We had a lot of trouble with their D line. Yeah, no, and that was one of our bigger takeaways about that game is how um both on the offense and defensive side and then specifically on this the offensive side for us is just how bullied uh we looked how physical Tulane looked and it you know at, at the time we were like that doesn't make any sense but uh with the benefit of hindsight you can see that uh strength and conditioning might have been a big part of that um oh, but yeah, yeah Jeffrey Johnson you know that that Molly is he a good fit does he have the like proper size and everything and fills a need you know we needed D lineman. Um, but he seems like he likes the culture a lot. He's uh, been, been tweeting 
you know, having have, having some. Uh, he seems like he's already uh, adapted to the the OU Twitter culture pretty well. So I, I'm all for it. As I've always said, uh, you know, older transfers usually are just as good, in my opinion, as getting a freshman in terms of immediate impact, just because they've already they've already developed, they've already played, they know what college football's like. He's played at OU already. Technically, played a home game on Owen Field. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm all for it. Yeah, 6'3", 295, got one year to play, um, which is big for a team where we're losing, you know, for comes down to defensive linemen, three of them, right? Um, three of our defensive linemen, so we need plenty more bodies there. But at the same time, if you're worried about guys like Kelvin Gilliam or, you know, other guys in, the, in that conversation losing their snaps, I mean, this gives them one more year to develop and gets another veteran on this team that you can put next to Jalen Redmond and go to work. Um, it's always good to have depth at the defensive line position because those guys get gas and they get gas quick and you rotate them a lot. Um, we saw it plenty last season. Hopefully our rotations are a lot different whenever we don't have Grinch. Um, but we'll get to that plenty next season. Um, but still, I, I think this is probably the biggest move, biggest transfer that we'll see, uh, that will be seen thus far. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, just, just, just big time, you know, uh, the, the wide transfer as well. Like that was good, but um, I don't know. I, I feel, I, I feel like playing in the American is uh, a little bit closer to what you'll be playing in the big 12 rather than uh, what Hawaii's Hawaii's is there. Are they mountain West now? I can't remember. They're, Maybe I think are that's they mountain right. West West. Uh, they're surely not mountain West mountain, but all right, let's check. Are it. They, I, they're, they're mountain West. They're mountain West. They have to be mountain West West. Well, yeah, obviously, but yeah, no, that's, I don't know. Realignment has been crazy with that. I I still feel like they're a conference USA team at times. Yeah. Other guys that we got, we got three defensive backs. Um, Just to note, you know, CJ Colden from Wyoming, not my favorite school. Uh, (laughs) Can I Walker from Louisville and Trey Morrison from UNC, you know, all guys that, you know, were targeted very early when it came down to the portal process and getting all three of them is big. Just talking about Kenai Walker, because I think he might be the most exciting out of all of them um, from Louisville. Uh, looks like he could play safety or even a little bit of D-back. He could play either, honestly. And he's got four years of eligibility. So this is just not your grad transfer. Um, this is a big move. Um, and we kind of already talked about it, but the safety room. Um, and a little bit of the cornerback room too, because we saw definitely in that bowl game, the cornerback room should have some competition and with Latrell McCutcheon leaving. Um, we need to get some guys, um, in the D back room from the transfer portal and having a guy with four years of eligibility, was six foot one. Um, this is going to be pretty, pretty fun. No, a- absolutely. And, you know, adding two guys who have, you know, ACC experience, power five experience. Um, that's big. That's big. We, we've added a lot of snaps in terms of if you look at the, the, the snap count of guys coming into the program versus the uh, snap count of guys leaving the program, uh, it, you're adding a, a significant amount of experience. Now, um, we'll see what they can do with that experience, um, but I don't know. I think, that's, I think that's good for a program that's trying to stabilize itself and uh, in the wake of some crazy transfers and you know just uh, general instability. So you know, experience is good. Absolutely. Yeah. So just breaking down, I wouldn't be surprised. Can I Walker probably gets to look at cornerback first, uh, Trey Morrison, um, a little bit smaller, five foot nine and a half. Um, but I think that he was a target for safety. If I recall right. Um, from UNC, 
Um, and he's a grad transfer, so he will have one year of eligibility. And then Wyoming is um, guy CJ Colden. Um, I believe he's also a safety target, um, and he has two years of eligibility left too. Um, so uh, a little bit more, uh, but some interesting moves to add some veterans to this safety and D-back room that is very, very young and kind of needs some established guys. Um, but overall, you know, you got to be happy with that. It seems like we got out and pretty much um, swung and hit almost every single at-bat with these transfers, except for like a Makai Wingo out of Missouri who committed to um, Louisiana State. Um, that sucks, but it uh, seems like we've been doing pretty darn well in the transfer portal. And Bobby, we're still l- waiting for pretty big announcements from a couple of people in the recruiting um, in the transfer portal. Um, do you want to talk about Dart first, Dart and Trig? Because I feel like that's what everyone wants to hear. I would definitely like to talk about Dart and Trig. Definitely want to talk a little bit, just kind of touch on uh, Sanders going to uh, Arkansas instead of oh, you. Um, heartbreak. Uh, a bummer but you know when it kind of you know when you piece two and two together and this isn't trying to be sour grapes but when i brought up that he was a rush uh back or uh, sorry a rush lineman uh lack last week and you're like no we need to get rid of that term he he truly is one so maybe that wasn't a good fit for the defense as well um i i wouldn't be fully devastated would have been a great ad but um again would have been kind of tricky with the, this specific defensive system. So, yeah. Again, yeah. Not trying to be my, my thing is like, I feel like you take them no matter what and you find a spot for them. I, it's hard for me to think that OU wasn't going after him hard and we just lost it to kind of put our pride to the side. We Arkansas beat us and maybe, you know, it's just maybe our defense didn't fit him the best, even though he could have had a spot here as an edge rusher, but maybe Arkansas just had a better defense fit for him. And he thought that he could do better there. And, you know, as we saw, Arkansas popped off last season. You know, they had a really good season. They showed that they're not the Arkansas of old. So, you know, whenever I feel like we see a lot of people transfer to Arkansas, and it's kind of like Arkansas, really? But now Arkansas is moving up in the ranks of the SEC, and they're kind of turning into a middle ground team. And a middle ground team in the SEC has a lot of clout to it, especially whenever you're looking at potentially getting drafted. Drew Sanders probably wouldn't make it to the SEC in time from Oklahoma. Um, so if he's looking to put himself against the best competition, the best offensive lineman in football, going to Arkansas might've been smarter than going to Oklahoma. Well, and then, you know, culture wise, you know, I, I think Sam Pittman's building, building something really good over there. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's a very personable guy. And, you know, I, I, I you, you talk about like, you know, like how coach O felt like a fit, in, you know, in Louisiana at LSU, Sam Pittman's a fit at Arkansas all the way kids mm-hmm. for kid. What am I saying? It's he's Sam Pittman. <laughs> this <is> old guy. <laughs> yeah, he's an old dude. Did you know he's uh, from Grove, Oklahoma? No, really? Yeah, Grove, Oklahoma on, producing. Yeah. He grew up on Grove, Oklahoma. The, uh, uh, oh, what are, the Walmart like, of Grand Lake. They're like the the Redbirds or Roadrunners or something. Yeah, basically Walmart town up at Grand Lake. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, shout out Grove. I love that place. Uh, love Grand Lake. And, uh, you know, Sam Pittman, you're all right by me, man. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we got, I, ain't, we got I ain't got a, nothing bad to say about him. We got a, we got a lake man, you know, out here operating the, the uh, Razorbacks. So, but, he, but he spent some time at Little Fields here and there. You never know. But um, – uh, Anyways, let's move on to the big ones, the ones that are in the title, the ones that are in the title card, uh, Jackson Dart and uh, Michael Trigg. So 
this has been interesting. They they took like a whole photo shoot, whole video shoot, looked great. Uh, then they went to Old Miss, not as much uh, hype or anything. So it's basically a two man race between OU and Old Miss, as I understand it. We don't really know. Uh, that's been shaken up because apparently Jackson Dart is at BYU uh, touring as well. So what, Jameson? What what do you know about the dynamic? What's going on here, and uh, what does this all come down to? I wouldn't be concerned about BYU. I think he's just buying his time because I think him and Trey are a package deal. Um, they did all of their visits together, and it's quite clear that they want to go and play together. Um, and I think what it comes down to is Trigg uh, probably wants to go to Ole Miss. It was said that he, they are offering a more enticing NIL deal, and there's a lot clearer playtime for you know Dart and Trigg to play together if you go to Ole Miss versus if they come to OU, you know, you have to play against Gabriel. I understand Dart probably believes in his ability to beat him. um, And he's a very talented quarterback. Um, But at Ole Miss, you know, you could probably get yourself there. But at the same time, on the other hand, Ole Miss is going to be going through a whole, you know, revamp of their offense and their whole identity is going to be what we knew Ole Miss to be is going to be gone. Lane Kiffin, it came out multiple times that Lane Kiffin was not really the brains of this Ole Miss coaching staff. It was more so Jeff Levy. And whenever Levy leaves, is Kiffin going to crumble like he's seen in the past? Does he not have his crutch? Does he not have his offensive coordinator that was, was being you know, the puppet master? And Lane Kiffin was whatever he was, just flailing his arms below on stage, you know, are they going to disintegrate? And I I guarantee you that's in the back of Dart's mind. Like, should I go to this team with all this instability? Um, and I'm not really sure about Lane Kiffin. So my guess is, you know, Dart wants OU. OU Trig probably wants Ole Miss. And they're waiting on Caleb Williams. What is Caleb Williams going to do? Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's a part of the problem when you have a package deal is you find out that, you know, What's good for one person might not be the best for the other. I know there's definitely, I, I don't know if the talk's legitimate, but I, I mean, I saw Trigg posed in an old Miss like basketball uniform. Yeah, that was weird. To, I don't know if he's trying to, you know, start playing basketball as well, do like a dual sport athlete thing. They I'm both, sure they if, both did it, both him and Dart. So I think it was just kind of a flex thing. Um, okay, but it is, it is I, I would doubt you would give two scholarships in basketball. This is not like baseball or, you know, track and field where you've seen guys play both sports like basketball. Your scholarships are tiny. You can't get yeah. like the recruiting classes are small in basketball. You can't just give two to two football players. Maybe, you know, they were like, hey, man, like we'll give you some basketball jerseys so you can hit up the old Miss Sigma Nu party. They're lit, man. You know, oh, just, that's what it has to be. Oh yeah, just like here you go. You know, these are the these are like the best. You know, you'll you'll be set and you're ready to go. Um, clearly, that was a very poor poor joke. But the the <laughs> whole thing is, I don't know. It seems like it's a mess. Um, I don't think they love Old Miss, but uh, again, if something happens with Caleb, you know, if he goes back to OU, which is a long shot. No, uh, you think it's a long shot? No, I just don't think it's going to happen. Here's here's the yeah. thing. Here's what I think the situation, I kind of talked about it earlier. Dart is probably waiting on Caleb Williams. What is Caleb Williams going to do? Dart's probably like, oh, you know, if Caleb Williams doesn't go to USC, because I thought for sure it was a signed, sealed, delivered thing to him, um, I could be interested in going back to USC and playing for Lincoln Riley. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm sure that's very possible. Uh, but 
he's not going to make his decision to, you know, commit to Oklahoma or Ole Miss with the slight thought in the back of his head that Caleb Williams could go off to who knows what Georgia or something and leave that USC quarterback position wide open. Um, so he's going to probably wait on Caleb Williams. And the thing with Caleb Williams is this guy is taking his sweet time. You know, he tried to get a new meeting with Oklahoma for a new pitch. I feel like twice now, most recently they tried to schedule it for Wednesday. That didn't happen. This new pitch that Caleb Williams family was um, trying to get from OU did not happen because it seems like OU has moved on. I think that they said we have Dylan Gabriel and he's a great option for us. And we're going to go all in on one or one of you guys, either dart or we're going to go all in for Caleb Williams. And then we've chosen Dart, and sorry, Caleb, but we're not going to play this in-between game and get second place for both of those guys. We're go- we'd rather get first place for one and not even be in the conversation for the other. Well, yeah, and I, I think, you know, we talked about this in our college football group chat uh, the other day, uh, that Caleb's trying to see what he can get, trying to squeeze the lemon out of every single opportunity, and OU's not going to play that game because I feel like, they truly believe that uh, whoever they got, Dylan Gabriel or Jackson Dart, um, could, it, while they're probably not as good as Caleb Williams, they can get them to where they want to go. They can get them to Big 12 competition. They can get them to, honestly, probably, this is probably their optimistic mindset, to college football playoff competition. Uh, I don't th- see that for them this year, but I, I think they believe that they have the opportunity to have uh, two really capable very good quarterbacks, you know, in that room that can lead them to, uh, to, to wins. And, you know, why, why, you know, just, you know, fiddle around and, you know, tell your, tell Caleb Williams, parents, no, you can't have stock and loves and all these other, <laughs> ra- honestly, these are all random rumors. They pro- probably aren't even real, you know, wh- whatever, you know, Carl Williams is trying to, you know, dig up to try to, you know, like I said, squeeze as much of the OU lemon out as possible. Why even deal with that if you can, if you can, as OU believes, get players that can still get you to that des- destination? So yeah, it's here's the thing: if we didn't have Dylan Gabriel, I'd be nervous. I'd be super nervous. I'm like, are we just playing around here and we're gonna screw ourselves out of like you know not getting two quarterbacks? But I think having him, you know, we're playing with house money here, you know we can make a huge risk in completely leaving Caleb Williams and not doing this pitch to him and going all in and dart and saying, if we go for dart and we get him, that's going to be a hell of a quarterback room. Um, But if we don't get dart and we end up losing, you know, our quarterback that was interested in us, but has already showed that he's probably wants to leave. That's okay because we have Dylan Gabriel and we also with this new coaching staff and with Caleb Williams leaving, we got a quarterback in Evers um, into this recruiting class. So it ends up being, you know, Evers and Dylan Gabriel in, and then, you know, Caleb Williams out and Spencer Rattler was going to be gone either way this season. So essentially that's what your trade is. If you're kind of looking at it like that as a possibility of adding on dart into that group, you know, you're going to be fine either way. Yeah, no, I, I mean, fully agreed. I, I think OU is in a very good position right now. And, you know, I mean, let's let's be honest. Caleb's in a good one, too. He can go wherever. It's just about how much of how much money he thinks he can get out of uh, whatever school he goes to. Um, because it, in terms of development, it's clearly OU. It is absolutely OU. If this was just about the football, this was just about the QB development, it, it would clearly be Oklahoma, I think. 
Um, Lincoln Riley's team in uh, Southern California just isn't there right now. Um, maybe down the line, that would be a great destination for a quarterback, but he's starting from scratch. Even if we're talking mm-hmm. about offensive development, um, the team that he inherited, the offense that he inherited in t- t- uh, 2015 is light years ahead of what this USC team was last year. Um, mm-hmm. Even though, as OU fans, we like to talk about the doom and the gloom of how bad 2014 was with Trevor Knight and <laughs> all that, we we still we we still made like the third, second, or I believe the third best bowl in the Big 12, and you know that was with our quarterback hurt. That was with just everything going wrong. Sterling Shepard was hurt, so it really was not that much of a disaster. This USC team, disaster across the board, and it's the roster, it's the coaching. I mean, throw the coaching out of it. The roster is just not good. Um, mm-hmm. Even with the addition of like Latrell McCutcheon and Mario Williams, it just it's just not going to be enough. Yeah. So, I mean, all in all, just looking at it, Bobby, I, I feel we had this conversation before, and I think this is a really interesting one. I don't want any revisionist history, but I feel like me and you um, we're um, might have a little differing views. You do you think Caleb Williams or Dart is a better quarterback, and who would you rather have on this OU football team? Well, let's take all of it out of it. One hundred percent, Caleb Williams. I I mm-hmm. fully think Caleb Williams is one of the most dynamic players I've ever seen, especially at his age. Um, like the only player I can think of that is that dynamic was Kyler Murray, and that's a guy who had three years to prepare for for his big season. Um. And to see a guy like that with that skill, that much skill, that much ability, it, it, it's absolutely unreal. Um, he has the chance to be this generation's Vince Young, frankly, uh, and honestly, better. Honestly, yeah. better. That's a good comparison. Um, I was just thinking you're going to go the opposite direction because um, in our group text the other day, you seemed to be talking about um, Jackson Dar all the way and talking about how he's much better than Caleb Williams, but it seems like you've okay. kind of changed your mind here. No, 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 no. Hold on. That was not the, the conversation. The conversation was, I don't think if Caleb is doing what some of pe- some people are rumoring, like being like, you need to hire my personal quarterback coach as an analyst. And you need to give me like this and this and this and all this money. And it, I don't think that's worth it because he can immediate, because OU has one disadvantage that USC doesn't have, that Georgia doesn't have, that any other team doesn't have. And that's if you bite this year, he can just come right back. And then like right back to the portal, demand more, hold you over that barrel right over again. And I I don't know if, you know, enabling that to happen is the best option. Uh, But if he's the next Vince Young, Bobby, a guy who brought Texas a national championship is one of the best college football players of the past, you know, 20 years like would that not be worth it if he's the next vince young or better give him what he wants it it depends on what he wants though i I mean if you want to give him like three honestly three million four million whatever yeah sure but if it if it is as i don't know intrusive into the coaching environment and into the culture as you know some of these rumors will have you believe then i don't feel comfortable with that uh in multiple ways it feels like as i said in that text you know like if you give a mouse a cookie he's gonna ask for some milk and it's it, it feels like it you know, it's one of those things that can just snowball until it, it becomes caleb williams university and while i do think that having the next vince young on your team would be amazing be incredible to have a player like that and he is that good 
I, I feel like you could do just the same with the next, uh, I don't want to call it Dylan Gabriel, uh, Stetson Bennett, but you know, no. Georgia won a title with Stetson Bennett. You can, you can uh, do I, I it cannot with a, stand this Stetson Bennett. Quarterback. But okay. This whole, like you can do it with a lesser quarterback. Look what Georgia did. I'm so tired of hearing that. I am so tired. I'm glad you brought it up because guess what? Georgia's defense is one of the best defenses we've seen in a very long time. You think you got a Jordan Davis on your defensive line? They're linebackers. They're they're D backs. Like they're everyone except for Stetson Bennett was top tier. Their running back room was so deep that you know Dalvin Cook's little brother and Zamir White. You know, come on, like this is ridiculous. Stetson Bennett can go out there and limp around and throw a couple duds, and they become well, completely Pickens, fine. You know, George Pickens yes. won that game. Like I, that 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 the, the the wide receivers that Georgia had definitely made that. What I'm saying is you can still build a good football team that doesn't require, you know, the next Vince Young. You can still that, win games without that tier of guy. You can, but it's not as easy as saying like, okay, I if I get a guy like Stetson Bennett, there's still a possibility I can form a team like Georgia and win a national championship. Georgia's defense and their, their everything else other than their quarterback was like, you know, obviously once in a lifetime talking about how the last time Georgia's won their last national championship because of how everything lined up with them. So I think, I just think it's a poor representation because this isn't a thing that Georgia has done on multiple occasions. This has been a one-time deal. And, you know, for the past years, even in quarterbacks that, you know, have been younger, um, you know, freshman quarterbacks that have won national championships, like, you know, Deshaun Watson or, you know, um, Tua, you know, like they're all been talented quarterbacks. So Larry um, Coker. Or not Larry Coker, Jacob Coker. I was like, who's Larry Culpepper? <laughs> Larry, Larry Coker was was a Miami coach uh, in the early two thousands. Jacob Coker, the uh, the the uh, Alabama um, quarterback, and I just I don't know. I I, I and I'm I, again. That's why I didn't want to say Stetson Bennett because Dylan Gabriel's better than Stetson Bennett. I'm yes. not saying let's just trot Ralph Rucker out there. We'll be fine. That'd but, be great. Um, I mean, it would be funny. I'd be there for the memes for sure. But um, I, 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 what I'm saying is, I think you can do. Just Jameson, you know, you know how you know how this is. You can get a really good, great value mac and cheese. Oh and it works yes, just top fine. of the line. It's top great. of the line, great. You can it, it, the 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 talent can be in the crumbs sometime. And you know what, Jameson, your mac and cheese suggestion was great. The great value premium mac and cheese can be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, great is value it, is not for everyone, but you know there are, like you said, there are some great value buys that are much better for main brand. Yeah, but if you have a Jeff Levy to you know doctor up the great value mac and cheese and put the great value mac and cheese in a position where it can succeed, then maybe that great value mac and cheese is even better than if it just was on its own and didn't have any chance to get good. Okay, I see what you're going here. I, I, I'm liking this. I'm liking this. You, you've obviously reeled me in when you're talking about great value and being cheap because that's something that can really get behind. Uh, but seriously, Caleb Williams, I think the moral of the story here is I'm nervous that if we're not going to hear any news about Dart until Caleb Williams' news pans out and Caleb Williams has not made his decision. Um, I, I think USC is the obvious answer, but I don't think he's in love with it because of um, there's probably a deep, dark – you know, down in his like, you know, gut that he like maybe doesn't trust Lincoln Riley that much for what he did to him. Um, you know, just leaving out of the blue the first season after Caleb Williams, 
um, to another college. Think about if Caleb Williams didn't get the start first, um, you know, at, or the second half of the Texas game and didn't have this, you know, season that he did and played behind a Spencer Rattler who would, should have played competently, you know, Caleb Williams clout in college football wouldn't be that of what it is. He'd still be a very big time quarterback because of his recruiting and everything of that nature. But who he is now um, was because he started as a freshman and Lincoln, his guy who he came to play for leaving right after that season. If it wasn't for that, Caleb Williams would probably have zero starts and, you know, not that many yards on his, you know, resume and he would be without his guy. So I would be worried if I was him. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree, especially when, you know, despite the fact that USC does have, a, you know, is a you know, really good job or in terms of money and prestige and all this stuff. But let's be honest, when you're still in college football and there's still another level to it. The, the NFL is still there. The siren song never left uh, to, to go to the NFL. So if Lincoln has a good year and uh, Jerry Jones gives him a godfather offer, Look, he's taken a godfather offer before to go to a different college program. Why not, you know, take the the job that he allegedly has wanted all his life? It it is always a possibility. And he can tell you whatever he wants. He just boldface lied to you a couple months ago. Or Mm -hmm. maybe not boldface lied, but at least, um, you know. Actually, no, he probably did. He probably told him he was going to be around for a long time. So maybe he did lie. Yeah. So I mean, of I, course. I, what I, what else are you gonna say? Yeah, it's not like he he has reached the cream the cream of the crop and is coaching like the Tom Brady era like Patriots or something. And there's like obviously nowhere else he would go. That wasn't what OU was, unfortunately. Uh, as we were all wrong and were led to believe that is not the case. Apparently, you can go to a different place and go to a different level. Um, but the NFL, you know, that's that that is always going to be hanging over. Uh, I feel like Lincoln Riley's head and um, especially in the inter- intermediate, I would, I'd feel like uh, if I was Caleb Williams, I'd be worried. That's just oh, all yeah. I'm going to say about that. Yeah. That, there's no doubt. And there's, that's the reason why he's not immediately committed to USC because it should have been a no brainer decision. Um, so with him taking this long, absolutely is a worry. It looks like OU's out of the question. They don't want to deal with it, put all their chips on on dart and Caleb Williams is like, crap. I don't have these people fighting for me. So what am I going to do? So uh, we're, I think we got something in the, in the chat about um, talk. I think this is an interesting question about could, um, when is the last day, you know, dark come over and make sure he's enrolled for classes come um, for OU. So I actually have personal experience with this. So tomorrow actually is the deadline where you can go into the portal and add your classes um, as a Friday, uh, the 21st, that's the deadline where you can go and add in yourself without anyone's help. But I think there's about a two-week period or a week, maybe two-week period after that as well, where you can go and get your, the exa- the professor themselves uh, permission to get you added to the class, and you can just hop right in. And what, if there were any grades before that, it won't count against you. Because I actually had done that before um, and switched classes after the deadline and got permission from the instructor. And OU has so many connections you know, with their academics um, that – this should be zero problem getting him enrolled in enough classes. Um, there's not like it's a cutoff where, you know, the first week or two of school and then you can't go into a class. He's going to have a couple of weeks. So this this isn't something where he's on a timeline and the hot seat's on him. He can he can take a couple of weeks if he needs to. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is maneuverable. It is uh, – you, you have some time. So 
obviously, you know, academically, we, you would probably not want to wait that long. But let's be honest, this isn't about academics anymore, really. So, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. to be all, even more honest, it never really was. There, there's a reason why there are a lot of football players in Cherokee. You know, a great class. I had a blast in Cherokee. Uh, but let's be honest, uh, you know, sometimes you need a little bit of a layup, uh, layup course. Because, oh yeah, I, 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 I agree with them. I hate hated having to do um a, a language credit so that that's just a whole diatribe i'm not going to go down that but um anyways academics don't matter don't worry about it we're fine yeah there's plenty of online courses that he'll enroll in and probably barely if ever go to class so nothing to worry about there um let's talk to, uh, about Latrell and Mario drama with this transfer to USC to kind of end out this podcast. Cause I think this Latrell McCutcheon drama is really interesting. And something that OU Twitter is really having a heyday with is Latrell McCutcheon, the like poster boy of Lincoln Riley hater right next to Perion Winfrey. Um, and Nick Benito, I guess of guys like this guy. Scr- I mean, he didn't like Latrell McCutcheon, got screwed with in terms of rotation by OU's coaching staff. But, you know, Perry on Winfrey still and Nick Benito still played, and they still have some hatred. This guy, Latrell McCutcheon, watched guys like DJ Graham get just absolutely worked. Watch Jaden Davis play a bunch. You know, watch Key Lawrence even change positions, even though it was a good move, over to cornerback to take over Latrell McCutcheon, a guy who had shown some hope, obviously had some, you know, deficiencies playing as a true freshman a skinny true freshman at six foot one um but still showed some hope that i would love to have seen more second team reps for him and near the end of the season like him and billy bowman we barely saw and were asking for why were these guys getting like three four snaps or zero snaps and now what he does he's going off to usc back to alex grinch back to roy manning back to these the same guys that did this to him that were playing dj graham and you know other ones consistently and not giving them any kind of break whenever they had a guy like a trail on the bench like how does this make any sense i think he realized when he goes into the portal he wants to go to a big time program None of them wanted him because he came off an ACL coming out of high school, went to OU, didn't put up good stats, and I'm sure his PFF numbers were low. And he would rather go to USC and deal with the same crap again than go to Baylor. Yeah. No, I, I mean, we were on McCutcheon's side all the way. Like, mm-hmm. during the season, we said we wanted to see more starts out of him, that his morale was low. Uh, hell, you, you know, when he was saying, uh, tweeting out about how, you know, Roy Manning wasn't the best cornerback coach on the on the yes, team stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Openly dissing the defensive staff. Uh, we were all in on him. He, he when he talked we talked shit on that Oregon guy saying that he he's he was a walk-on. Like that we were all in on McCutcheon. So to see him do this turn is is confusing and weird. Um because honestly, it it doesn't make any sense in the sense that um you know this is the same staff he talked crap on the entire season. So it, it, it's just kind of confusing. I, I get why OU fans would be upset or dogging him, but yeah, I don't know. Just let him go. We're, we're, we're missing like maybe 10 snaps out of the guy. I, I mean, I, I I could see how he would have a lot of potential, but let's, let's be honest here. Let's pump the brakes a bit, chill out, um, because clearly, you know, he takes things a little too uh, too personally. 
Yeah, I'm I'm kind of interested in what the pitch was there. And my guess is I'm pretty sure I saw the news that Dante Williams, the D-backs coach for USC, um, Lincoln retaining him. So maybe Roy Manning's not coaching him anymore. Maybe Roy Manning was the problem. Uh, Manning got like, moved okay. to linebackers. Oh, thank God. So that's probably the pitch. But still, you see Latrell McCutcheon's dad's tweet that got deleted that everyone's posting screenshots of <laughs> in this. It's like yep. saying like FOU's defensive like staff or whatever it was. I don't know exactly. That was it. it. That was, was literally like, it. Yeah. So like that's that's tough. I don't know if I'd be wanting my son to go back to that staff because history repeats itself. And to be honest with you, we saw you know his defensive coordinator is a guy of I find guys I like. And my first impression of them is stone and you can't move it. And I'm going to keep my safeties the whole year and never rotate. I barely going to rotate my nickel back. I'm barely going to rotate my defensive backs because um, Alex Grinch is going to have a big time play with defensive backs because he was safeties at OU. And he had, I'm sure he had a pretty big say in the cornerback rotation as well um, because Roy Manning was his guy and Roy Manning probably didn't know dog um about anything so it just doesn't make any sense man it, I, it's got to be all for clout yeah because again he doesn't have any qualms with this defensive staff other than jay valet or jay valet who uh, which him. makes sense that might have been what pushed him out we we, we well, uh, thought that yeah i see him leaving sense. leaving the ou makes sense bobby like like you know jay valet like he hated the Texas coaching staff for not recruiting him earlier because yeah. he's an Austin kid. And, you know, Jay Valai was the guy that was the recruiting uh, defensive backs coach. And so, yeah, obviously that's kind of an awkward situation for him. Um, but I think he should have just gone somewhere else. I think Baylor would have been a better option for him. I'm sorry. He doesn't have the clout that USC does. Yeah, no, I, I mean, for sure. And, you know, if you're you know, worried about using your one time transfer, I hate to say it. There's always Juco. And then you go no, back up to. No, I don't know. He's Start too talented. Low, go Juco. all the way back. So was Cam no. Newton. No, I'm that's say, different. I'm not saying, you, I'm not different saying times. you stay Juco forever. I, 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 I don't know. If you transfer to a Juco, that doesn't count as your one-time transfer though, right? Yeah, no, the the thing with the but transfer right, portal, but... the, the Juco, the pushback is going to be for like disciplinary reasons and um, character worries uh which mccutcheon is is a character you know he's a high you know attitude guy he's cocky um but as a cornerback you you'll take that you love cocky cornerbacks because they are you know on an island every single game and they get roasted more than they stop players so having a little bit of an attitude and edge to them is a good thing i think so i don't i'm not worried about his attitude i think cam newton he had when you throw a tv out the window or something that's true you're you're right cam newton did did have like actual issues at Florida. I think he's, he did something wrong with a TV or a computer. Um, but you know, you're, you're right. No, you're right. Juco is usually reserved for that sort of deal. I was just kind of thinking more like yeah. the Hollywood Brown um, sort of, sort of route. But they were uh, lower, lower rated, you know, That's like, true. you know, these bounce backs, these last chance you guys are, you know, you hear things like, you know, drug charges and stuff like that. And true. Know, maybe like a, like a Trajan Bridges kind of story. And 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 let, let's be honest. I was not saying he is that. He, he has done nothing wrong. Um, you know, I, I was just trying to think of a way he could transfer somewhere. You know, get reps up and then go somewhere else. He would get yeah, yeah. Wrong. 
Okay, I, I understand it, what you're saying. You see Get where your I'm coming back from. Up. Yes. Yeah. Okay, no, I, I wasn't that. saying it was a, it was a cult, like a character issue. He, uh, all he did is talk some shit on Twitter. I I don't have a character issue because I've talked mess on Twitter. So. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um. I think uh, we don't have G leagues in college football, which would be helpful in this position to kind of regulate him, get him back his his groove, and then move back up. But we'll see how he works at USC. Um, interesting to not have Roy Manning coaching him. Maybe he'll actually learn how to turn his hips and play like a cornerback rather than play like a dumb, dumb linebacker who doesn't know how to follow the football. Um, but other than that, I think, I think with the whole, um, just one last thing before we end, I think it was hilarious how Mario Williams, also USC commit, was like, man, y'all stop tagging me in this tweet about, you know, like, going back to like to USC and they hate like you hating the coaching staff the whole season. And then going back to the guys you hate, that was not me and completely throwing Latrell McCutcheon, his current teammate now under the bus saying like, screw y'all. I'm not a part of this. This is all Latrell. This is all Latrell. I'm not dealing with this. And I mean, I mean, Mario Williams. Yes. Do I have something with you saying like, Oh, he was homesick this whole season. Um, and he was going to transfer anyways, but then he goes to the farthest place from his home. He's from Florida and goes to to California. Is that a little sketchy? Yeah, but let me tell you something. Money talks, and I'm sure there is some money helping him. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> I I I I smell a rat with all that. Um, in terms of I don't believe at all that he was homesick. It's just an excuse to be like it was just an excuse to ease the exit, and then. Uh, you fight, I guess you forget about it and go somewhere else. I don't know. He wanted to play for Lincoln Riley. I think it's okay to transfer and go play for Lincoln Riley, I guess. But, um, meh, who, yeah. who knows? I, I will say him throwing McCutcheon under the bus was absolutely hilarious. Uh, because even though people, people forget, you know, it's a big, big room. You're not exactly close to, you know, the other side of the ball all the time. You know, you're not practicing, you know, with them and in the same, you know, subgroups um as you would you know you know a running back and a and a receiver or receiver and a lineman um but at the same time that guy that guy's your teammate what the what the hell man yeah honestly kind of weird other than that bobby you got anything else you want to talk about other than congrats to caleb kelly moving to the tv headset getting a job with sooner sports tv love it love it uh he is made for tv uh, excellent, excellent decision there. And uh, looking forward to seeing where he goes there. But other than that, I think we've, you know, for what is a bit light on news, we did pretty good getting a 57 minute pod out of this. So, I, oh, I'm, and I'm, guess I'm what? Impressed. We will have plenty of more content because next week we'll wait till the end of the week and hopefully one of these transfers finally announces. Hopefully, we hear from Dart. Hopefully we hear from Caleb Williams. Um, we've told you all this, but um, if you're following us, hit the subscribe button on YouTube because as soon as that happens, within a couple hours it happens, you know, in the evening, we're going to be t- talking live about that. We love talking right after the fact, going through all the scenarios. Um, so that's what we've been wanting to do the past two weeks. So if you're listening to us right now, whether that be on podcast or YouTube, go to our YouTube page at the Schooner Pod and subscribe to us so you can get the notification Um for when we go live after the big time news. Yeah. And, you know, appreciate everyone for commenting and everything in the show today. We're usually like, whenever we go live, we answer these a lot more. It becomes more of a Q and a type atmosphere. Uh, but, but we do see everything and we do appreciate everything. And uh, thanks for the engagement and, uh, and the view and watching. We, it, it's truly a good time uh, hanging out with all of y'all. Um, 
But if you don't like lives, if you prefer to listen to us at your own pace, uh, then, hey, check us out on Spotify. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We are out there. We're distributed. And uh, we would love to see your five-star ratings if you truly believe we're worthy, which I, I don't know. I think we're five-star in. So do it. Slam them stars. But anyways, for me and Jameson, this has been the Schooner Pod presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll catch you next time. Have a great, great weekend. And Boomer Sooner, just just keep holding on to it. We Just keep holding on to the hope. It's going to happen. We're going to finally get some news. Eventually, we're going to get some news. Y'all have a good good weekend, and uh, just, just take it easy. <laughs> <laughs>